Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I think I'm somewhere in North Etobicoke. Where am I? North Etobicoke? Is that where I'm? North Etobicoke. Yeah, hanging out, hanging out in a kitchen. In Rexdale. Nice. In a Rexdale kitchen. Rexdale Kitchen. This is this is. I think I've only been in a Rexdale Kitchen one other time. I don't think I've ever been in a Rexdale Kitchen, but this is I've a very lovely kitchen. kitchen. Thank you very much. I was in a Rexdale Kitchen. I had a former student. She was actually on the podcast before. On the on the podcast, we called her Emma. And uh, uh, yes. when she graduated, she's like, "Everybody, my house pool party." And I'm like, uh, "I'm not coming to your pool party." <laughs> but then one of the other instructors is like, oh, "They've graduated. We can pop by." Yeah. I'm like, "We're popping by, but no one's getting in a pool." Okay? Like, <laughs> we're going to pop by. We're going to say hi. We're going to say congratulations on life. And then, and then we're going to rock and roll out of here. Before the mics went on, we were talking about boundaries. That might be a boundary, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Graduated. We graduated <laughs> yeah. already. Yeah, no, no, no. That wasn't that wasn't with a that wasn't with a current student. No. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone. Student. It's Amanda. And yeah, we're in a Rexdale kitchen talking to like Matt and Sam. It is yeah. a really beautiful house. Yeah, I dig And it. we are here because the four of us tried so hard to coordinate this episode. And it was on short notice, but uh, the the only way to make this happen was to come all the way here to Sam's house. So we're here and she's got it's snacks laid out. Here. You make it sound horrible. It's not we're that from right. Scarborough. Like I've said before, Etobicoke is like a whole other city to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a mirror image of Scarborough. I don't find traveling a big deal. Everyone always finds traveling a big deal. I no, it wasn't. It. it actually wasn't too bad today. But uh, like I've, I've driven out to Ottawa. Yes. For a podcast? To, well, I would actually. He would. Wow. We've, where we've done in podcasts, the far, London maybe, Kitchener, Kitchener, London, London Hamilton. might be the farthest we've gone just for a podcast. Just for a podcast. Podcast, but I've I've driven out to Ottawa. Like my buddy, he's a he's been on the podcast too. He's a he's an he's an associate professor in Ottawa, and he was moving back and forth. And uh, one day he's like, "Hey man, I'm coming back to Toronto, but I'm already here, so I don't have a truck. Can you go get my stuff?" And I was like, "Sure, I, I guess he must so." Must be great friends. Yeah, we've known each other. Able- we we both went to the same elementary school. We've known each other since <laughs> yeah. we were four years old. So I called up a, another buddy of mine who we've all known since we were four. I'm like, "Hey man." We got to go to Ottawa and, and, and go get Mike's stuff. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're going to drive to Ottawa. We're going to load up your pickup. We're going to load up my SUV. We're going to pick up all of his shit. And we're going to drive it back home. And then Mike paid them in Greek food. It was oh, horrible. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Greek food is amazing. So no, but it was like mall Greek food. <laughs> Which is still amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm not upset about it. Do Do Greek people really eat like that? None of us here are Greek. Do Greek people really eat know. like that? I don't think so. Because that's very starchy stuff, man. It's like but they'd all Chinese be huge. No, no, no. That's what I'll we were just right recently now. talking about. That how like what? what we call Chinese food. Chinese people are probably looking at us like you dummies. Is <laughs> the Chinese food? Say, yes, right now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. First we're all of dummies, all, he right? just calls it food. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then he was like, "Oh, let's go to Chinese food." He's like, "This is just dinner. this is just yeah, just <laughs> dinner." Just fucking dinner. Why are you putting a label to it? It's dinner. All right. Oh sorry. man. I'll stop. Well, we're here to talk about some serious stuff. I'm kidding. It's never too serious with us. But Matt and Sam are both RMTs, and they co-teach a class in therapeutic relationships, which we thought was kind of cool. And they were generous enough to ask Mark and I to come speak on a panel for the class. Generous I actually, or, don't even generous or brave. Which, which, uh, which, which a little bit, a little bit of call me. A little bit of explain it after this. <laughs> But when uh, they invited us to come speak in the class, we thought this could also be an interesting podcast episode because I think this is an interesting type of class, therapeutic relationships. And all of us having experience in the field, we probably have a lot of stories to tell about that. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, uh, our 
unprofessional hour is probably very similar to yeah. what happens in, in your class. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Although maybe a little cleaner. Or not. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We maybe. kind of preface our class like this is Vegas. What happens here stays here. Um, not that we're extremely juicy, but we definitely want to share moments and we want students to be open enough right. um, that they don't have to worry about us, you know, taking that beyond the classroom. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, that's kind of how we roll when we teach. That's important in that type of class. You want people to feel completely free to say and ask and blah, 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 right? Without fear of, you know, someone's going to judge me on this, whatever weirdness that I might be asking or not weirdness, you know. Or us talking about it in the staff room or wherever, right? Yeah, Yeah, for for sure. sure. So before we start talking about the class then, why don't you guys each, I don't know, rock, paper, scissors, whomever wants to speak first, but do... Arm wrestle, but I always do. So thumb war. <laughs> thumb war. <laughs> When's the last time you did a thumb war? Well, it's COVID, right? You can't yeah. actually touch each other. Right. Um, right. <laughs> why don't you guys uh, tell everybody can't a little bit about yourselves? It's so weird. You can't touch each other. You're massage therapists. We treat each other for a I touch people all day. It's so weird, right? Like I heard, I heard. I know. I'm sort already on a tangent. I heard a story on the radio today how someone has got a whole human rights thing going on, violated my human rights to a restaurant bar who wouldn't let her access in because she wasn't wearing a mask, right? And she's taking it to the extreme. I don't mm. know if you heard this on the news. On the, on the, I heard it on the radio today. And it was insane to me. I'm like, I, I, so many people were calling in and so many people were making so much sense. Like this one guy called in. He's like, let's really analyze this. A bar or restaurant is the one place where you can go take your mask off. Yep. And they wouldn't allow you in because you weren't wearing your mask on entry. So why didn't she just put on a mask, walk in and then take it off two seconds later? And then the, the radio host was like, okay, but that's not that's not what we're debating here. The bylaws are saying that you have to, like, in other words, the restaurant is just doing what they're supposed to do, whether right. it makes sense mm-hmm. or not. And I think that's a big problem with everything that we're seeing with COVID. So we can make sense of something and when this makes sense and doesn't make sense yeah. and that doesn't make sense, but the restaurant just has to follow this freaking thing that makes zero sense. Yeah, I mean, I realize that a lot and I definitely have my opinions, but, you know, a business is a business. It yep. needs to stay open. I agree. Um, and 100%. they have to do whatever they need to do. And um, sometimes it's just as simple as do what you got to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it comes down to the the larger question, which probably fits right nicely into your course, is when do human rights or even some of your lesser rights can take a backseat to the general safety of society, Right. Because I think that's what comes down to be the larger question. Because for sure, are we giving up human rights by being told by the government, by the municipal government or the provincial government or the federal government that we have to wear masks? Absolutely. But most of us do it willingly. And we do it willingly. Very Most of us probably do it out of fear. Bullshit if you say, I'm, I'm just trying to keep everyone safe. First of all, you're doing it out of fucking fear. And nothing's wrong with saying that, by the way. But you're doing it out of fear. But the, but you are giving up some of your rights for the general safety of everybody. Anyway. Sorry. So yeah, I want... Did you guys thumb war while he was off on his rant? Anyway. Let who, us know what you want us to yeah, say. Whomever we'll wants to go first, just um, how long you've been a therapist and when you got into teaching, why you got into teaching, and then we'll get right into the course that you guys are co-teaching. So I graduated from Sutherland Chan 2015. I took the um, one-year advance class for or the one-year advance program for kin majors. Um, I started teaching at Sutherland Chan a year and a half after graduating. Nice. So I had um, I had been in with Sutherland Chan like proctoring exams, proctoring OPs. Um, prior to this massage therapy life, I had a bachelor's of education. 
So I'm also an OCT Ontario certified teacher. And so I've been teaching um, globally all over the world, came back, did my Sutherland and Chan diploma. It just kind of all fit in together. It's just makes utilizing sense. Yeah. my kin degree, my teaching degree, my RMT designation. And uh, I actually started at Sutherland Chan in an admin role. So I was the uh, student services coordinator. Which he recently just left. Which I recently just left. And now I am pursuing more full-time massage and instructing at the school. Very nice. Yeah. Did you guys graduate together? No. no. I actually supervised this one. Ah, okay. Well, Sam, <laughs> why don't you give an introduction about yourself? Yeah. So um, I also did the one-year advanced program at SC. Um, it's the, called the Bridge Program, where I think it's like 12 months or something like that. Um, I graduated in 2017. Uh, before SC, I mean, I had all kinds of jobs. I used to pierce babies' ears and take like school photos and hospitality management, like everything. And um, the last career I had was um, corporate. So I was working at law firms and um, I just couldn't do it anymore. So came back, went the whole RMT route, um, graduated in 2017 and decided to be a TA at Sutherland Chan. So I applied for a TA ship there. Um, and after a year and a half of grueling TA work. Um, I finally made it up the ranks into um, <laughs> into becoming an instructor. Um, so I've been instructing for a little while now, sometime in 2019 is when I started instructing. And uh, yeah, one of the courses that I teach is therapeutic relationships with Matt, which I love. Um, I also think it's our dynamic that makes it what it is. We vibe off each other very we do. well. Can I ask you a question before we get into that? Yeah. Is it hard piercing baby's ears? It was um, pretty damn difficult because babies move around a lot and babies don't know what you're doing and you don't know what you're doing. And they are always going to follow where you are. So you're trying to pierce their ears. You need them to either look straight ahead or does, slightly away. And does, they're like, is, is it, <laughs> does a baby like cry hardcore on that or no? No. I would be shocked, right? Because yeah. it strikes me as a thing that like, I would imagine a baby would cry like crazy, but I imagine they don't. I imagine it's just like nothing. No, it's, I think they're stunned because mm. it's so quick. This was like back in the day, you know, when you got pierced with the almost gun. like a staple gun. It was yep, a gun. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't an actual needle. I don't know how legit any of it was, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you're essentially, I was stapling baby's ears. They still do, like they still do it that way. They still yeah, do. They I mean, still do it that way. my kids don't mall. have, my kids don't have their ears pierced, yeah. but yeah, they, I went with a friend to get her baby's ears where, pierced. Where, 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 like in the mall, right? At Scarborough Town Center. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, what's that store called? Blair's probably. It wasn't, it wasn't one of those places. It was Visage. Maybe it was like a hair salon. Yeah, and they still do it with the gun. Like, I guess a giant needle is a little bit terrifying for like a new a mom baby, to yeah. see. <laughs> the gun looks less aggressive, although it's actually very aggressive. If you're getting anything other than earlobes pierced, you should never get it done with a gun. It don't just think it's shatters. Hygienic. No. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I yeah. was thinking about like <laughs> I don't think it's very like hygienic. it just it destroys all the tissue surrounding where you're getting pierced. But yeah. I mean, earlobes, what is it going to destroy? Right? Yeah, it's fine. I think uh, <laughs> the worst thing I'd done once was pierced the baby's ears totally lopsided <gasps> and i think i just sort of like tilted the baby's head and gave the baby back <laughs> to the mom and was like here you go next oh my god and uh, i don't think anyone noticed no one called the store complaining i didn't get fired so. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good <laughs> oh another cool tidbit of information i guess we just found out that mark and i grew up on the same street That's which right. i think is yeah. pretty cool dun 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 such small a small world, world. Yeah. Yeah. it is a small world so don't ever do shit that you you don't want to get caught doing <laughs> Because you will get caught. Somebody always knows. Well, I mean, 
it makes sense that when no. I went for a massage today and it makes sense that <laughs> anytime I go for a massage, the therapist either knows me or knows Mark. Like I try to like play it off. I use my married name when I go for treatment. Yeah. I don't use the name that I work under. So I'll put my married name down. Well, fuck. he has like the most unique last name in the world. So I went for a treatment today and the therapist was like, I know you. Of course you do. I can't even pretend. <laughs> I just want to go get a massage without anybody knowing that I'm a massage therapist. Yeah, suck, uh, yeah you, you just don't do anything you're not supposed to. I remember I was in a, I was on a flight back from St. St. Pete's, Florida, and I never go there, right? I just went there on a whim for a couple of days with with uh, some with this person that I was with. And I'm on the plane and this dude sitting next to me turns to me and he goes, do you still work at the gym? I'm like, what? <laughs> what the hell? It, it freaked me the hell out. No like, hi, no. No, hey, nothing. Nothing. No, the okay, guy sitting just... right beside me. He's like, Do you still work at the gym? I'm like, The gym? He's like, Yeah, fit for life. And on Kennedy, Kennedy 41. <laughs> I'm like, Are you fucking this is fucking weird? Yeah, it was strange. So random. Such a small, very small anyway. world. I once had a house party and um, there were like 200 people at this house party. It was insane in Scarborough. You, Scarborough you house hosted party. It? It was, yeah, yeah. My parents were out of town. Yeah, Scarborough house party, wild. Cops were there, everything. And like a week later, I was at a party packagers at Kennedy Commons. Yeah. And uh, this guy was like, hey, you were at that party. I'm like, that was my fucking house. That was my party. It would have been worse. Hey, you were at that party where I broke all that shit. (laughs) There was a lot of broken shit. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, man. I hosted so many parties when my parents were away when I was younger. And something would always end up either going missing or getting broken or whatever. The weirdest shit that happened, there was one party and it was three different things. Somebody uh, decided to start a fire. My parents had this little antique like stove in the back that like w- it wasn't really for actually having fires in. It was in the backyard. It was decorative. Yeah. yeah. You know that thing, yeah, the yeah, st- yeah. little stove. Yeah, yeah. And somebody took all of my mother's wooden spoons and started a fire in it. Like wooden, like baking spoons or shit? Like yeah. Kitchen? Like, yeah. Whoa. She had a whole bunch of wooden spoons and they burnt them all. Uh, somebody else hid. Yeah. Somebody else hid, you know, like the garlic dipping sauces from Pizza Pizza? <laughs> yeah. Hid them in random places over the house. <laughs> so they that was like fun. three weeks yep. later. Oh, that was gross. fun. Oh, man. What God. else happened that night? Broke anyway. All the, broke all the remotes. Yes. What? Decided to just, for whatever reason, break all of the television remotes in half, and the elements on the stove bent them upwards. <gasps> Just for fun. I can top the garlic dip story, though. Someone threw up in my house, and I found it three weeks later. Yeah, at one of the parties. Disgusting. Oh, that is gross. It's it's one thing to throw up in. Just tell me you threw up in. Someone's going to clean it. Don't say anything. I had someone throw, because my parents used to go away all the time, so I always had parties. And in our laundry room where the washer drains, someone threw a whole bunch of beer caps in there. And I went to do my laundry the next day. And I didn't, why would I look in the freaking basin where yeah, it drains? Yeah. Uh-uh, that sucker filled up, <sighs> overflew, flooded my whole basement. Oh, I was like, no. are you kidding me? I had to go rent a shop vac and it was it was a horrible deal. Oh, man. Teenagers, not to be trusted. Scarborough no. house parties, you mean? Right? <laughs> I think my mom was like the winner of Scarborough, though, because for one of those parties, the cops ended up calling my mom and they were like, do you know your daughter's having a house party? She's got all these people here. And my mom was like, yeah, I lent her the stereo system. <laughs> so it was definitely my mom for the win. That's awesome. <laughs> I was the person, though, like when the cops would show up at my house parties, I would just cry. Like I, you know, there's some people when you're the party the host, you'll, you'll get up in the cop's face like, okay, fine. You know what? No, the cops would show up and I would just cry. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, baby. who do you, who do you want us to kick out? 
everybody. Like, get everybody out. It's not my fault. Man, I'm the worst. <laughs> Unbelievable. Should we actually talk yes, about sure, the course? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So where do we want to start, Mark? Let's hear about the course because, like, every program probably has a course like mm. what you guys are what you guys are teaching. But I kind of like what you're doing with it. So when we got the invites to come and participate in in the class, I was like, this is really cool because. I've worked at schools. We didn't do that. We have people that come through our doors all the time, you know, for continuing education stuff. And I'm like, no one's ever mentioned this because we always end up going down the path of talking about a whole bunch of things. And I was like, you guys are, you guys got a real cool take on what you're doing with this course. Do you want to go, Matt? Do you want to start off? Uh, sure. So, um, can you just repeat that question one more time? <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't about? we? Why don't yeah? Why don't yeah. we just start yeah. with this, yeah. the, the basics? What's the course about? Especially because we got a ton of listeners in the states, and we know their programs oh, are okay. super, super short. Like probably about forty percent of our listenership is in the United States, right? And so their programs are super short, and they might not have a whole bunch of things like this. Mm. And on top of that, as part of their CEUs, their continuing education, they have to do things in categories. Like you have to go get so many credits in professional ethics. You have to go get so many credits in this. You have to go get so many credits in that. So I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. So this course is about a 15-week course. Uh, once a week, we teach it, Sam and I both. And we basically go over... So if I were to explain it to like the layperson, I would basically describe it as a customer service 101 slash ethics. But when we talk about it to um, our student body and prospective students, we talk about it in a sense of issues that might come up in the therapeutic setting that you should be aware of. Um, a lot of the biggest topics we talk about that I think stick with most of our students are things like boundary setting, the concept of like transference and countertransference, mm -hmm. um, how to be assertive in the room. Um, and we really drill it into our students how just how much they hold kind of like a control in the room. Like they're pretty much responsible for the interactions that should be going on so important. in the treatment this space. This is super important. And this is why a lot of people, a lot of the feedback we get when people message us after they've listened to episodes, they say that, I find value in everything you guys do. And I'll sometimes make a joke like, oh, even the unprofessional hours are like, especially the unprofessional hours, because it's stuff to expect because we have a lot of student listeners, right? And so they'll message us and say like, you guys are really telling the real stuff and preparing us for when we go out and start working and things that we can expect. And now at least I won't be thrown off or surprised and I might know how to handle a situation. So I think this is super important. Um, I'm going to let you talk about the course a little bit, but remind me, I have a very sad story from that I heard in our from an RMT today, and I feel like this would have been helpful for yeah, him. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, I think Matt touched on you know some of the basic topics of the course. Um, definitely, I'd say boundary setting is the biggest one. Um, you know, even things like dual relationships. Like, hey, can you be friends with your patients? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you guys. I'm 35 years old. It's really hard to find people that I vibe with and people that I even like. Mm -hmm. So, hey, sometimes you might have a client that comes in that you're like, we could totally be friends. Um, what do you do in that situation? Um, you know, what's the textbook answer? What's right. the real answer? Right. How much of a human being are you? How much of a robot are you? You know, what do mm -hmm. you, how how do your emotions play into all of that? Mm -hmm. And so, I think one of the biggest things, too, with the course, regardless of what the topic is, is that we don't have actually have the answer. And so, there isn't a right and a wrong. Right. There, I mean, there's some things that are pretty clearly defined. For example, Matt and I don't condone fraud. We don't condone, you know, things that are hard lines, like 
you don't have a sexual relationship with right. your patients and mm-hmm. things like that that I think all of us that are RMTs. Something that's very clear. This right. is professional misconduct. Out, exactly. It, and it's outlined in the MTA. This is professional yeah. misconduct. Yeah. That being said, there are so many gray areas. I mean, everything else has to do with your feelings. And um, that's really subjective, right? So, Can I ask you guys a question? I know I'm probably just jumping a little too quick on this. The new Code of Ethics document, and are you guys super familiar with it? Cool. The, the 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 fourth principle. I don't remember the name of the fourth principle. The fourth principle has has the, the last tenant of the fourth principle is very scary to me, and it pretty much says that unethical behavior. If in other words, the college is saying, if we feel your behavior is unethical, you cannot justify your behavior by saying that whatever you're doing is not clearly explicitly outlawed in the code of ethics document or in any other legislation. It's freaky to me. That they have the power to decide. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's basically cannot, taking away any type yeah, of loophole you, you might cannot, be able to find. You cannot justify right. whatever behavior you're doing and to say like, well, the RHPA doesn't say I can't do this, so therefore I can. The MTA doesn't say right. I can't do this, therefore I can. There's no college policy about this, therefore I can. And there's like, no, 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 no. If we feel it's unethical, you can't use that as a justification. I was like, when I read that, I was like... Whoa! Yeah, and I, I think, was blown by that. I mean, I think that's why it's so important to have um, an organization like the RMTAO because you have someone that's your advocate, right? I mean, yeah. with the CMTO, it's like we feel this, we feel that. The public, the public, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the public doesn't matter, and I'm not saying that your patients are not important, but we are too. And I think having the RMTAO as some avenue, if anything. You know, that's kind of where my mind goes when you said something like that. Well, yeah, who yeah, would yeah. I have on my side? For sure. I guess what else are you, what are you doing that you really have to justify that's so questionable too? I don't know. Well, but exactly. And that's why that anytime point? we've talked about this, I've said to Mark, I, I don't think that most people would have to worry because I feel like you'd have to be doing some pretty shady stuff for yeah. Yeah. that to even become. For me, it's not even that you'd have to be doing shady stuff. It's the bottom line. You're going to end up with the panel from that committee uh, yeah. deciding, you know, that's, that's unethical behavior for an mm-hmm. RMT. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but nowhere does it say that I cannot do what I'm doing here. And now I'm left to, you know, whatever reprimand's coming my way. Yeah, I even think like ethics, I mean, we could get into like philosophy and stuff. We probably shouldn't, but I mean, that's subjective, right? And people have like, what's ethical to me? What's ethical to you? I mean, it's it's so different. Culture plays a huge part in certain things. And How you grew up, where you grew up. Yeah. Talking even boundary setting, what I deem, you know, a no-go zone for me might be totally okay for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And and that's a big thing with culture. That's a big thing. And culture. Matt and I always, when we're in class, we always laugh about it because we're both like, you know, I have like a South Asian background and Matt has an East Asian background. And so, you know, things that our parents did, you know, we have like people that grew up here. You're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing because you know. Oh, I do know. We're, I mean, we both grew up in Scarborough, <laughs> yeah. which is, I mean, you're in the West End Scarborough. So like yeah. we grow up in, yeah. when you grow up in a city as culturally diverse as this one, yeah. Like we actually just had this conversation today in a parking lot, just things that are acceptable to certain people <laughs> yeah. that were like, that oh, yeah. is so bizarre to me, but I'm like, eh, it's culturally different, I guess. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I've, we've had people I'm like, your parents beat you? And I'm like, you're your <laughs> What? You, you, got, you got the choice between <laughs> a spoon and a hand? You yeah. got to go to your room and play video games yeah. by yourself. That was your detention or your little, you know, punishment? <laughs> 
Oh, the I'm white so girl in the room will just. I remember one time we wanted to, um, my sister and I wanted to go play street hockey out, out in like hunting with that area. Yeah, like yeah, everybody yeah. was out on the street playing street hockey. And we go to my dad, oh, can we go play street hockey? Never in our lives have we done this chore before. But my dad looked around the house and he's like, <laughs> he grabbed a bucket, he grabbed a sponge, and he's like, the walls are really dirty. So you're going to have to clean from here to here. And it was like the Great Wall of China. And he's like, once you're done that, sure, you, you can, can go, go play street hockey. And then he gives you a toothbrush. He's like, don't forget the baseboard. Don't forget the baseboard. And then when you're finished, go buy yourself a toothbrush. <laughs> Although I had cool punishments once. My dad made me sit in a basement and listen to an entire Led Zeppelin record. So I mean, like, that was, yeah, because he, I'm just like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, you're doing it. <laughs> what about you, Matt? No, I mean, I'm I'm on the same page as the, uh, is it the spoon or the hand or yeah. the back of the hand right or um, the big one we always talk about is like with cultural differences is you know my parents have never said i love you to to me Mm -hmm. you know so when if i were to say to them be like hey mom i love you they're like yep there's the door see you next week you know what i mean (laughs) i always tell this story like my mom and i um i must have been like nine years old and one time i think my mom saw it in like a hollywood movie and so she's like it was like bedtime and she's like i love you and we both just looked at each other like, and I'm like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. But yeah, and it's just not normal. And, you know, you talk to students and you talk to this room of students that, you know, maybe say I love you every day to their parents or to their siblings. Mm-hmm. And it's so different because all of us are in this room talking about, like, what's right and what's wrong or what do you do in this situation? Right. And everybody has a different perspective. Yep. But that's the amazing part about it is you get to hear all of these perspectives and then be like, that might be right for you. That might not be something that I would do or vice versa, right? When we were speaking about boundaries earlier and you said what might be like okay for one and not for the other. When I was a student in student clinic, I had a regular client that would come see me all the time and he was an older guy and I don't, I, I didn't consider him like a threat or anything. Mm-hmm. He was harmless in mm-hmm. my eyes. Mm-hmm. And he would always come in and he would address me like, hey, sweetheart. And I didn't honestly didn't think anything of it. He yeah. was this old guy and it didn't cross my mind that that is crossing a line. You know, it didn't bother me. Yep. And then the next student who had to see him after me, and by this point, I had already, gra- actually, I had already graduated and was now supervising the clinic. Mm. And another student had him and he would always come in, hey, sweetheart because that's how he spoke, right? Or that's how I thought, that's how he spoke. And the student came to me and she said, I am horribly uncomfortable with how this man addresses me as sweetheart. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel like that he shouldn't be, you know, you're the therapist and he shouldn't be saying that. And I said, you know, I feel like I need to talk to him because I let this go for two or a year or a year and a half, however long student clinic was. And it, I ne- it never crossed my mind that that was a problem until she was like, yeah, I don't like that. Mm. I don't like that he calls me that. I'm like, okay, we need to have a talk with him then. So here's my question. Did you talk to him or did you coach her on how to speak to him? So I ended up speaking to him as the clinic supervisor and I didn't say a complaint came from her yeah. or anything. I just said, you know, you and I kind of had a, a different kind of relationship when I was the uh, the student therapist here. But, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're using a certain type of language and that, you know, you're respecting the students yeah. as the therapist. So can we just avoid things like honey and sweetheart and whatever? And he said, oh, okay. Like he was, I could see he was a little bit hurt by it, but 
he stopped saying it. Yeah, I also think maybe it's a generational thing. Like, there's so many factors. Like, yeah. when you said that, I mean, I wouldn't think twice if somebody said that to me. I probably have older patients that maybe say that and I don't even realize. Yeah. And now I, I will probably realize because we've had this conversation. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, for someone else, that's, that's a no-no, right? So... How do you navigate that? And we're all just looking at Matt. Yeah, we're just looking at Matt. Matt, tell us, how would you navigate that? (laughs) So, okay, if you were me, if you were the supervisor, would you have coached the student to have the discussion with the patient? Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Um, A lot of the, the, I mean, the good thing with this course is we say, this stuff doesn't only happen after you graduate. This happens once you're in term two. In what, like, sometimes it's like next month in a few weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, you're going to be seeing this stuff in student clinic and honestly in student clinic that's the best time to see it yep. because you have a clinic supervisor with you right. to help kind you of coach you through you up, it yeah. someone to back you up someone to kind of like listen outside the cubicle to just make sure you're okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so um i always ask the students to try to do it themselves and kind of build up i mean another thing we talk about is like a healthy assertion so yeah. how to be assertive not aggressive but how to you know stand your ground and it's really important because like setting. you said, once you get out into practice, you it's don't have you. somebody exactly. there that can yeah. back you up. Exactly. So you need to be comfortable enough to say to somebody, can we not with the sweetheart? That's yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a little trial run. That's what I tell students, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it is a trial run. Like yeah. you have an opportunity, not only like body wise that you're working on people's bodies and you, you know, you get to try out all of these techniques and a first time for everything. Um, but even having conversations with people and having difficult conversations with people, um, building up that confidence to be able to be assertive in the clinic space. When I was a student, we had, um, there was a girl in my class and um, a client that was coming in would always, um, I think, make jokes. Um, They weren't sexual jokes, but I think they were sort of crossing or like getting to that boundary. Um, And she just said, she told the supervisor she was uncomfortable with it. And um, the supervisor said, okay, well, like next class, I want you to have that conversation with him. So you sort of set the boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of us, you know, normally we're in our cubicles and we're all talking to our patients. And that morning we're all like whispering because <laughs> we just wanted just to hear how she was going to do How she going to deal right? with it? Did yeah. she do it? And um, I think like he made he made a joke and she just said, um, that's just not appropriate in this setting. We're in a student clinic and I'm the therapist wow. here. Like it was super, it was just super clean and yep. short. Yep. She didn't make a big deal out of it. She didn't make him feel uncomfortable. And I think he apologized and that was the end of it. That's it. Yeah. You know? Um, and even for her because she was so nervous to have to do that. But I think once she did that, she was probably better off than the rest of us in dealing with a situation sure. like that. Yeah, you, yeah. you suddenly realize how it doesn't have to be a big deal. You know, exactly. you just say something because I did have a client, I've spoken about him before on an episode that used to make jokes and again, not like overtly sexual. And I don't even think he meant any harm. Again, somebody that I would have brushed it off as harmless, yeah. but I realized that he was constantly speaking like this in the clinic. And I worked right. in, a, in a setting with six other RMTs and I thought, you know what, if anybody else is hearing this and also like it isn't really appropriate so I remember talking to Mark and saying like do I do I like what what do I do do I stop this guy because I'm like he's not being rude to me he's not hitting on me you know and I was and he was like well if you don't think that he should be saying that then tell him not to say it I'm like okay and I remembered the next time I treated him because I used to treat him every week and the next time and he said something you know sort of almost at that line of being offensive or you know overtly sexual or whatever it was and I said you know what can we just 
keep the jokes to a minimum sure. because I feel in, I said almost exactly what the student said, you know, I feel like in this setting that can be a little inappropriate as I'm your therapist mm-hmm. and you're on this table and you're undraped and, you know, let's not bring the conversation there. Yeah. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I would yeah. never mean to be offensive to you. And like, that was it. And then it was over and he would come every week and there was no awkwardness yeah. between us. Yeah. And I was like, wow, why was I so afraid to you know, say it, something? It, it, maybe, maybe that person needs to know, like, by the way, just by you sexualizing this therapeutic relationship mm-hmm. is grounds for me to say this is not going to happen anymore, right? right? Yeah. I can discharge you just because I feel like you're sexualizing this relationship, whether you're serious about it or not. He actually used to make more jokes about you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go all <laughs> oh, man. No, this is actually funny. It was, I, I've told the story before. It was Valentine's Day and uh, oh, right, he, right, right. he, was leaving the clinic and this is when I finally said to Mark like what do I say because it was awkward he was leaving the clinic and he handed me a note and he just sort of tapped on the note and as he was walking out he said I want you to download that song later he's like I promise you um you'll get lucky tonight or something and he walked out and I was like did he just say that that's weird that's like that's weird right and then so I have this note and I I took the note home and I I gave it a mirror to hold your face yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that was like that was when I was like okay enough like but the jokes before that hadn't been so open and I was like oh okay that's a little much and so I brought the note home to Mark and I handed it to him I said do you know this song he goes no and then I told him what the client said and I was like what do I do he's like oh yeah you gotta shut that down (laughs) super awkward and sometimes I mean they're not even sexual like I think somebody had come in here once and they just said like oh man i just like i just want to rub down i mean this was like a regular right mm. and like there was nothing sexual and in my head i'm like it's a fucking effleurage it's an effleurage it's not a rub down <laughs> god damn it right it's not a rub down <laughs> and so like just stuff like that where it's just like cringe in your head and you're like oh man like do i say something do i you know do i just go like by the way you know or do i yeah. just let it go mm-hmm. it's tough i think a lot of rmts coming into it when you you know when you have the the typical, what brings you into massage? Why did you become a massage therapist? Everyone's answer is always what? Like, I, I like to, oh, help, to help people. people. Yeah. I like to help people. Right? I'm a people pleaser, right? So I think because a lot of us are that, we yep. don't, we're, we feel uncomfortable speaking up for ourselves. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We also feel uncomfortable making money at doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's weird to me, man. I think one thing <clears throat> with this course, um, I was talking to Matt about this earlier, um, uh, so we have a portion of the course where um, students write like a self-reflection. It's the very last thing that they do. The whole course is done. And we just kind of want to know their thoughts. Like, hey, what did you like about this course? Um, what didn't you like about it? How did you feel? You know, were there things that stood out to you yeah. that, you know, really resonated with you or things that you were really surprised by? And um, like one of the students, he wrote his little piece and then he gave me a criticism at the end of the course. And he said, um, you know, with this course, I just feel like you are giving me a pamphlet on he he tried to make an analogy and he said, you're giving me a pamphlet on de-escalation. Um, and then the next day you're throwing me into like a rally or like a political protest and mm. I have to deal with it with this pamphlet that I have. Right. And then that's kind of when I realized that I think the students' expectations of the course and what my expectation was as to what I was delivering was totally different mm-hmm. um, because I think from a lot of people's eyes, they were thinking like, hey, they're giving me the rule book on what I'm supposed to do. Right. Right. right? Um, and I kind of, and I responded and I told them, I said, you know, that 
I think more so what we're doing is we're touching on topics, but your whole time here at the school is where you're actually going to be learning these topics. Mm-hmm. You're not learning them in the class, if that makes well, sense. Well, and your whole time in massage school, the theme of every course you take when you're studying massage therapy is critical thinking. This is no different, yeah. right? Exactly. These are scenarios that might yeah. come up exactly. well, and you have to think through it and how you're going to handle that's it. That's the whole and, purpose of ethics. It's, right. Exactly. There it's are no right. Thinking. Right? Right. It's, it's about providing a framework yes. to, and can you work your way through this framework? Exactly. Right? There and are no answers. Not exactly. necessarily like, this is how you be assertive. Go. Right? That's not what it is. It's sort of like, here are some situations, here are some potential ways to handle them. You may never have a situation like this um, until you're five years out. And then that's when you've got to learn how to be assertive. Yep. So, yep. you know, it's mm-hmm. this is not a course necessarily where you're learning this technique or this, um, you know, way to handle this right. and go. Um, and so I, the next time we had the class, the first, like the next group that came in, that was like on the first day, I'm like, Hey, I just want to preface the expectations here because, you know, I want you to know that we're not giving you this and saying, go do this. This is a learning experience here and beyond. Right. School, this is not right? a recipe on how to deal with exactly. all the things. This exactly. is for you to be mindful of scenarios and even recognize when you're getting yourself into yes. a scenario. Yeah. Because there's times where I realize, I mean, the stories I just told, I could have avoided these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just not being mindful of stuff and letting myself get into the situation. And then it's like, oh, fuck, now I got to yeah. get myself out of this yeah. situation. Yeah. This being assertive thing. Now I'm going to tell my sad story. Okay. <laughs> um, I met a therapist earlier who um, he works in a multidisciplinary environment, works with physios and chiros. And um, he was telling me how he feels as an RMT, he's not respected mm-hmm. in this place. Mm-hmm. So for example, he said he no longer does assessments because when he does assessments, the physios are undermining him and oh telling God. the patients that's mm-hmm. incorrect. What he's telling you is wrong. Or if he does an assessment and then tells the physio, this, these are my findings, the physio just shuts him down right yeah. there. Like, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said that um, he was told by a clinic director at another location, not where I, I went to see him, that uh, the clinic director said to him, well, you're just the RMT. You're here to massage. You know, when he was questioning things about the clinic. And I said to him, like, why are you letting them speak to you yeah. like that? You know, you hold a professional designation. I, I, I don't understand why your colleagues, I mean, the physios and chiros here, they're your colleagues. They're not, they're not your boss. And even if they were, why, like, why are you letting them speak yeah. to you like that? And he was like, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I just come in, I do my job. And, but that's what he was telling me. He goes, I like to do assessments, but there's no point because they don't let me. And I was like, that's terrible. What? What? So, I mean, I know this is about therapeutic relationships, mm-hmm. but even these kinds of things, when you're working in an environment with other practitioners, you have to be able, you know, you were saying to be able to um, be assertive in the room, like you're setting the tone in the room mm-hmm. with your patient. Mm-hmm. But if the other practitioners aren't showing you respect, yeah. that's going to then bleed it. The patients see that. The they patients then think, okay, well, this guy doesn't know anything. He's there just to give me a rub down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, We've talked about this too in class. Like we have, uh, you know, like effective communication, communication um, team approach, yep. working with other practitioners. Um, and I, I was having a conversation with a colleague um, just this week about it who says that, you know, she kind of wants to go back to physio school. She's thinking about, you know, maybe osteo, something like that. And uh, I was just like, you know, what's going on? She has a few, she had a few reasons, but, you know, one of the things that came up definitely was, um, yeah, I just feel like I'm not that respected in my mm-hmm. title. 
Um, and I think that's unfortunate. I think that one thing that we do try to, you know, tell our students at least is to believe in their professional authority. Um, at all yes. costs, like you, yes, you know, people go to school for four years and then all of a sudden they think that they've got exactly one up. Or we you know. we we had this conversation today when Amanda told me that story. I'm like, listen, I've met so many physios that are dumb as shit. Mm-hmm. I've met so many chiros that are dumb as shit for whatever reason that they think they're here yeah. on you. Why? Because they did four years of school, they're a or, doctor, or whatever the case is. I'm I like, know. no, 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 no. Why is your you know your diagnosis more important than my clinical impression? We had the same subjective information coming. Yeah across our table we both had the same objective information come across our table guess what i interpreted it very well and you know anyway that stuff gets me so mad especially because i see them because they take our courses so i know for sure like (laughs) you're not the brightest bulb on the tree which is fine you're not supposed to be right but you're still you're right here with us anyway yeah it just made me really sad because i felt like this guy he he felt like he was in this little box that he couldn't do anything and i said but Who's making these rules? Like, again, you, you are a professional and you should be assertive enough. I'm going to should have used that word, right. but you should be assertive and let the physios know, like, I'm going to do my own assessments and come up with my own impression. You know, feel free to do yours. But what he was saying to me and the reason that I got really angry and what got Mark all riled up is that uh, the physio sent him somebody and the physio's diagnosis was there's nothing wrong with this guy. Mm. You know, I don't, he he didn't find anything. And then this RMT. Because you can find anything that means there's nothing wrong. So the RMT did his own assessment and he went, he told the patient, well, this is why I think that you're having pain here. And so he shared this information with the physio and the physio said, no. There's nothing wrong with him. Wow. Exactly. Right? right. You know you know something I don't know, physio? Like you got different information yeah. than I did. Like, and he, and that's the it. thing, like it's about collaboration, exactly. not competition. Exactly. It's about Yeah. I was know. really surprised to hear that because in a multidisciplinary environment, you would assume the physios, the chiros, the RMTs, they're all no, working together. Yeah. That's but not always the case though. Multidisciplinary environment a lot of the time just means there's several disciplines all in one place and that's as nobody close even as knows it gets. your name. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You kind of know. Exactly. Yeah. It was just sad because anytime I've worked with any other practitioners, physios, chiros, naturopathic doctors we've all been pretty collaborative right. nobody has ever tried to tell me like you're just the rmt stop yeah. stop having opinions so that was tell, upsetting. tell me tell me what part of the course do students like the most like what part mm-hmm. of this course do they really look forward to or maybe they don't even know it's there and then after it happens they're like oh my god that was so fucking great <laughs> i mean i'd definitely say the sex touch and intimacy That's chapter gets people because it's like, ooh, this is stuff we don't really what's in the, talk what's about. In the, and how, really, what's, 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 what's so juicy about it? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's juicy, period. But what's it's juicy, juicy period, right? <laughs> it's just like talking about taboo things, things um, that people don't want to talk about, you know, patients potentially having an erection on the table. Right. Hey, how do you deal with this? You're a term one student and you've barely put your hands on your classmates and we're telling you about this stuff mm-hmm. you know that hey this could happen out in the real, the real world. world this will happen oh it will happen oh, yeah. um and it will happen yeah it has happened mm-hmm. and you know um these students look scared as shit because they're just kind of like how do you deal with this mm-hmm. or some people are like a lot more comfortable like hey you know yeah this is how i could deal with it well the good thing too is we have students from like they're like 18 years old just yeah. turned 18 came into the program and mm-hmm. then we have moms that are like 50 60 yeah, who yeah. have worked every job and yeah. have finally come to this, right? So that's another reason why this class is amazing because you have like the whole circle of life in this class right. where everyone brings The moms them. take no shit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And so, I'm getting um, there. <laughs> yeah. But the sex, touch, and intimacy class is always a good one because 
everyone wants to always know like the erection, right? That's always on someone's someone's mind. Everyone always jokes about that. Like a student's like parent or whatever colleague will always make that joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it kind of like addresses how to how to address someone who has an erection. How does that conversation go? Do you guys let everybody weigh in how they would handle it? Do you give some yeah? So how to give us some information. How does this conversation go? So we'd like pose a hypothetical, right? So you're treating someone, they're super relaxed, they're in a supine position, um, and you notice, you know, maybe as you're working on the lower limb or maybe even head, neck, shoulders, whatever, you notice that somebody has an erection. Um, they haven't brought it like they're not bringing it up. Um do you bring it up? Do you continue to massage? What do you do in that situation? How about if, um, you know, they start acting awkward or they um, are trying to deflect away from it by like maybe moving their body around or something? So we sort of pose like different outcomes. Right mm-hmm. If they're asleep, they're asleep. If they're, you know, talking about it, what if they're touching, trying to touch your hand when this happens? There are obviously different yeah, um, intentions. We just basically give like different scenarios and right. be like, how would you approach this? Right. Mm-hmm. So you have the completely relaxed um, patient to the one who's kind of giving you some elevator eyes on the way in. You know what I mean? Made, <laughs> elevator made eyes. A contact, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made, made a, uh, you know, me- mentioned something and you're, kind mm-hmm. of, you know what I mean? And then students are smart. These, you know, these students will usually come up with the right answer. Man, I wish we had these discussions. I, I don't remember if we did, but I don't think so. And I wish we had, like, was it brought up that this could happen? Yes. You know, I, I, feel, I, like- I, feel, I feel bad because it really depends a lot of the times on your instructors. Like, you guys are way into this course, which is awesome. Yeah. When I used to teach this course, I was way into this course. and But I've sat in other people teaching. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you can tell that they just don't want to be here. They don't want to be doing it at all. And it turns out to be a dud. And it's such a valuable, bloody course. To yeah, see I don't it just feel like we shit. had enough really of these me. conversations. Like I said, it, it was definitely brought up. But I can tell you the first time it ever happened to me, I was probably a year or two into practice and it was it was a young kid. He was like 21 years old and yeah. he was so awkward and uncomfortable. And I remember I'm just like deep breath. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he didn't he didn't bring any attention to it yeah. and uh I just it we there's maybe 10 minutes left. I just finished working and then it was like, "Okay, see you" and like left yeah. the room. Yeah. And we didn't talk about it, but then he fucking brought it up when mm. he was paying i'm like come on what dude did, we were almost say? in the clear <laughs> was he apologetic was he like he oh, was, that was so he awkward. was embarrassed okay. he was yeah he said to me you know is that normal has that happened before okay like you know he was just asked he yeah. was very embarrassed yeah. and so i tried to make him feel like not a big deal you know i i understand you were relaxed not a big deal yeah. it's fine you know i just i ignored it and continued and whatever see i wouldn't even i wouldn't even accept that fully as that he was apologetic and he was embarrassed i would look at it from that standpoint but I'd also look at it from another standpoint. And I would also think, hmm, are you now fishing? Are you now bringing it up? Are you Why are you bringing it, it up? Why are you bringing right. this up? In other words, let's talk about my boner that I had. Right. And mm. was that okay with you? And you're like, oh, don't worry, it happens. Oh, so, so it's a green light you're Is saying, it a green light? Okay. Just, you know, but it's, it's, it's a way to think about it. I yeah. mean, yeah. It, that's the point of all these things. Exactly. Is to be I able guess to see I was in this scenario and I'm telling you, this dude was so embarrassed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, yeah. if somebody's talking about it, because I really thought he would just pay... Yeah. Like and leave with his tail between here's, his legs, embarrassed. Nine, but he did it. Let's talk about my, <laughs> let's talk about my dick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's um, it's even though we talk about it, um, how does that translate into the real world? So yeah. I had a TR course when I was, um, you know, a bridge student, and it was a great course. Um, I was in bridge with a lot of kin students. And I don't know if you know, but kin students, I mean, um, coming into a massage program are very like 
um, in, out. Like, what are the assessments yeah, I yeah, need to yeah. know? I yep. need to graduate, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I came back to school later in life, right? So I was, I'm like 30 something. I'm laying back, like talking about my feelings in TR and everyone's like, probably like, well, this girl is shut <laughs> up. Um, but um, when I went out into the real world, six months into my practice, I mean, I dealt with a situation where someone, you know, I was in that situation when someone had an erection and they were definitely like, playing some kind of a men- mental game with me like it was not oh, a, okay it was, it was not, not innocent a, it was not an innocent thing and um and i didn't know what to do and i was just like sweating bullets and it's mm-hmm, like you yeah. know you can think about all the things you talk about exactly. in a book but yep, i exactly. mean what do you do in that situation like we, ha- we had someone on our podcast on the unprofessional hour and she's an assertive person mm-hmm. oh yeah and she was telling me she was telling us when 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 she was doing head neck shoulders some guy decides i'm gonna masturbate I'm going to masturbate while you're massaging while? my shoulders. And she was like, uh, 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 freeze. she didn't know what to do. So she's like, I'm just going to keep massaging. I don't think right. I could have kept massaging. Like you can't, like, you can't pretend you don't see that. I would, done, I would not have kept massaging <laughs> like that. Just... And she's like, I just, don't, I, you know, and I can imagine what's playing in her head. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm yeah. alone in the clinic yeah. by myself. Yep. There's a lot, yeah. like, you know, yeah. I'm just going to keep going and, and hope this ends pretty soon. You know what I mean? So, I mean, now I have a mini baseball bat in my clinic room downstairs. So if anybody wants, Wants to get fresh. I saw, see that, what happens I, saw on, I saw that on one of the, the, the American boards when someone was asking, do you, do you conceal and carry at work? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I guess that's a thing in the States, eh? Well, I, I mean, yeah, a there's thing. a whole different yeah, set of yeah. regulations yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I mean, Mike, to go back to your initial question, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of students, what they do enjoy about this class um, some students would joke about saying it's the feelings class. So a lot of yeah. students would be like, oh, bird course, like, it's just the people who want to talk about their feelings and they just get a chance to spit it all out. But I think a lot of students really enjoy real life Absolutely. stories. Yeah. They want to hear it from the RMT. And that was something that I wanted to bring into this course was this RMT interview panel. So having you guys come in. Um, we used to invite people that were like two, one, two, three years out because mm-hmm. it's like, these are fresh grads. Talk to them. Let's let's hit them up. Put them in the hot seat. Yeah. Ask them whatever. Like whatever goes, what happens in now Vegas. They invited us two old people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then like the last one we did was we had um, RMTs that were like 20 years in the profession. Nice. Five, 10. Like we always just vary it up. And then we wanted to ask you guys because people know who you are and they want to hear what you guys have been through. And, you know, you guys share that on your podcast already. But I think... Um, when I was in this program, I would have wanted to do that. Um, we yeah, do like I think an, this is so awesome. Awesome, yeah. And we do um, we do an RMT interview assignment. So the, each student, we group them up. They do have to interview an RMT, preferably two years out. Yeah. And we give them nine questions to ask them. Each question kind of pertains to each topic that we're talking about um, as the weeks go on. And they have to just like reflect on it, kind of discuss. I've been discuss interviewed so many times. You have, right? Yeah. I think a lot of schools do this one too, though. Yeah, yeah. a lot of schools do the interview because yeah. I've been interviewed so many yeah. times. <laughs> I think the panel is a cool one. Like the, the RMT panel's a panel is a good one, though. Where we bring it's people. So cool. like this yeah. is new and this is. Um, yeah. How old is it now? Like three years? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I do you remember. guys do you guys have to run that by your education coordinator before you do something like that? Or you guys have a green light to be like, yeah, just make the course whatever you think you need to do to it. Well, one of the cool things about I think our school in general is that we do have a lot of autonomy yeah. when it comes to nice. the stuff. Um, I, you know, um, obviously with like accreditation processes and all of the, like the stuff that we have to present in a course, um, we have those outlines, but other than that, we're totally free to design the course 
in a way that we see fit. And um, right up until I think last year, Matt and I were working with an older model of the course. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we said to each other, hey, I think that we should um, totally revamp this. Mm-hmm. And I think that we should get a textbook. We didn't have a textbook. Um, a few years ago. Right. Um, lots of valuable information in the course, but just nowhere to kind of source it from. And, <laughs> yeah. And so um, we found this book. I mean, this is the one on the table. This is our centerpiece here, besides the uh, genetically modified carrots and the hummus. <laughs> but, um, the ethics of touch. Yeah, and the ethics of touch. And so um, this is an American book. And so there's a lot of stuff in here about like healthcare practitioners in general. That may or may not apply to us, um, but a lot of it is massage specific, body work specific, mm-hmm. um, and it's a good it's a good resource. Mm-hmm. We think that um, you know it's a great place to actually pull scenarios from, and um, you know whatever, lots of technical nice, stuff like, like yeah. test banks and blah blah blah. But yep. it just gave us an opportunity to have um, a guiding. Um, light almost yeah. or yeah. like a guide yeah. is what I'm trying to say uh, when we're creating this course. Why do people think it's the feelings class? I want. I, I think I don't understand why this is so uh, feely. Well, well, because in neurology, I sit there and listen to neuro and in treatments class, I treat stuff and in this class, I talk about the way I feel and think about things. It's yeah. subjective, right? It's probably <laughs> the assume, most right? subjective thing. I mean, you'll have objective answers. It's the answers. most important course out of the whole freaking program. I think program. so. It definitely is. So. It is really it important. It is 100% the most important course. So we always try to we always try to get students serious about it. So I think also the, the feelings course, we kind of do a check-in every day, you know, how are things going? It's always like Fizz is kicking my ass, anatomy is kicking my ass. I actually have an anatomy midterm after this. So I'm not even, you know what I mean? I'm not even paying I'm attention. I'm not really right paying now, attention. I'm just here. Know? Yeah. Or, you know, we always hear about how difficult the program is and like people mm-hmm. are going through a lot of shit during obviously during school and life in right. general. So when we kind of open that up, people just start divulging and sharing and I think that is also why people call it the feelings class because people would just be like, I'm having a shitty day. This is why. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, some people and call even it group like, therapy. That's, that's just practice though <laughs> because yeah. when you're RMT, <laughs> exactly. that is like 90% of my work is, so I was just telling Mark this, I have a, a not so sad story. I had a client call me this morning and because I, as I said, I haven't been at work right. in almost a month and she called me to set up some appointments for my return next week. And so uh, when we were on the phone, she said, Amanda, I have to tell you how much I've missed you. And she goes, and not your treatments. She's like, I've missed you. She goes, I don't know if you're like this with all of your clients, but I really feel like you care about me and I enjoy talking to you and I enjoy telling you about my life and I appreciate that you listen to me. And I was like, that's really nice. That's nice thank hear. you. Yeah. yeah thank I'm you. Hearing. And I said, I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you you can see that I do actually do that. Like, you know, when she's speaking to me, I am actively listening to her. I'm, yes. you know, I'm, I'm not really, you know, offering her advice and being her therapist, but right. I'll listen to her talk about her shit the whole hour and a half. It's yeah. fine. And I mean, that's what this course is for because yeah. when you, um, obviously do anatomy and phys and assessment and all those other things, um, you're looking at the body as a body, but mm-hmm. now we're looking at the body is a person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so you're developing a relationship mm-hmm. with this person on the table, whether it's, I mean, obviously we are advocating professional relationships, but what I'm saying is that um, that's where independent personalities come into play. Exactly. And um, even, you know, the feelings class thing, it's um, not just like I'm having a shitty day, but even beyond that, when we pose these scenarios, everyone's answer is based on, again, their life experience and right. their cultural mm-hmm. input and whatever it might be. So, I mean, that's where I think that's subjectivity comes from right for this course we always preface this class too that um you know you could be the the best know-it-all 
RMT, you know, you know, every attachment, every action, innervation, everything. But you could be a robot. But you could be yeah. a robot and have no personality yep. and bring no return clientele back because yep. you're just an an awkward person exactly. or you're just someone who doesn't know how to I know relate. that guy Matt I know that <laughs> yeah. guy I know that guy yeah. he's a chiropractor like <laughs> fuck chiropractor. his technical skills are yeah. brilliant I really really like him as, as a chiropractor but I did feel he always had trouble keeping patients and when I really analyzed it I'm like oh you're just kind of a dud yeah. <laughs> like pe- you don't you relate, relate to people people don't feel comfortable with you you know I don't think you'd have a client calling you saying like I've missed talking yeah, to you exactly. you know you need to be a little more human and less droid but well, that's it a lot of the times your patients like let's face it i'm sorry there's a better therapist down the street technically there's someone yep. right next right. door that's a better therapist so why for is sure. that person still coming to you yeah it's not always about the technical stuff yeah for sure you have I to i think that's a, a really small part of it really i think it's personality yeah mm-hmm. um it's the way you vibe with people and i remember when i was in the kin program at york um there would be all these i was older back then too so um there were a lot of these younger students right these like 19 year olds and they'd be like you know nose in the books and they knew every answer they were studying for like med school and i'm like but you have no life experience like you have to sit across someone and tell them that they have cancer or you've got to you know like do these really heavy things in life but you've spent all of your years with your nose in a book not actually interacting with people and not actually like building those social skills that you're just going to be this robot it's insane that's yeah this class is so so important i'm thinking of all of these things in my mind that where like this relates in the real world mm-hmm. so at some point i'm sure all of you have had this client who comes to you and they've been to a billion other people they've seen every physio every mm-hmm. chiro every whatever and they're not getting better mm-hmm. and is it what you've done technically that is helping them? Or is it you? So I had a client recently, like within the last year that came to me and she's been to all of these specialists and they've all told her you're in pain because you're overweight. You're in pain because you're, and that's all she was getting is you're overweight, you're overweight, you're overweight. And when she came to me, I sat and talked to her for 35 minutes and we just talked, you know, we talked to her about what, you know, her lifestyle and her job and this and that and whatever. And I said, okay, And she said something about her weight. And I said, I absolutely don't want to talk about your weight right now Mm -hmm. because the more you're told you're overweight, you're just getting more and more frustrated because you're in pain. So you can't exercise to lose the weight. And then this cycle is Mm -hmm. continuing. I'm like, I don't want to talk about your weight. Let's see if we, what we can do about your pain. And then you can think about whatever you need to think about with your weight. Anyway, she ended up seeing me once a week for, I don't know, maybe five, six weeks, but she would come back to me and she's like, I walked up the stairs yesterday or I did that. Was I doing technically anything better than the physio she saw or whomever? You know, I know I'm totally tooting my horn right now, but all I did was take the focus off yeah. of you're fat and that's why you're not getting better. Mm-hmm. That's why you're not getting better. The one you need thing to that lose was probably weight. just holding her back. And it was as simple as let's just change the conversation. I don't care about your weight. Let's deal with your pain. I like this class. Yeah. <laughs> when you guys have to talk about different ethical theories, do you hate that part of it? Like when you got to get down to like the technical parts of it, like I got to talk about deontology. I got to talk about utilitarianism. We don't even, we don't get oh, that deep yeah. into it. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't get yeah. into like that kind of stuff. I think that we'd veer off into like a philosophy class. Mm-hmm. And Mark that loves that like shit. A whole different thing. <laughs> I'm scared, so I'm yeah, because yeah. I know when I used to teach it, like I, I, I would put those pieces in because, like you know, we're 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 talking about the scenarios, but then it ties back to okay, well, let's look at some of the ethical theories that are helping you with the framework to make the decisions that you're yeah. making, and maybe even consider some of these other things, these 
very standard either healthcare theory ethical theories or right. you know whatever the case is and yeah so but no one ever liked that part of yeah. it so i was curious if you guys no like i did that in it. philosophy class back in my undergrad right. but like no we don't go that no. deep with this no. course we keep it very i don't know like uh just super right to the point like yeah. massage and nice. these are the ethics that we don't question I don't want to say we don't question the ethics, but I mean, like, these are the ethics from the CMTO. Like, this is our sort of right. yeah. guidebook, and then this is how we go. So, we don't get deeper into that. So, let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys live in Facebook land for Facebook? Ish. Facebook Ish. land, yeah. massage yeah. stuff? Yeah. How do you feel when, uh, you know, a massage therapist has been published in the news as being arrested for sexual assault, and then it's the most gets, recent one? Yeah. Well, the, the, did you that, read that one? I, I, no, uh, I actually uh, heard about that. I, 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 the, the dude who just got 13 months in jail, is that what you're talking about? Like, what's your opinion on it? Do you think it's a bad idea that RMTs are like throwing that shit up and then just like ripping every like just going off on it or do you think you know I mean what's your I opinion? think um, I think the whole point of those forums is a place for people to do that kind of shit I think that's yeah. kind of the nature of those forums mm -hmm. um, if you're easily like triggered or things kind of buggy or you don't think that this is a place for this or this is a place for that don't go on those forums. That's yeah. sort of my opinion on it. Um, I think people will find any opportunity to tear into anything, mm -hmm. justified or not. Like, I, I don't know this case, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously, people want to defend the, the profession. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, especially with like the connotations, you know, the yeah, yeah. the the way that this profession might be sometimes um, set up beside like a 2 a.m. massage parlor right. neon sign. Yeah. And we're trying to get as far away from that as we can. You know, people get on the defense, especially when it comes to anything sexual assault related mm -hmm. right yeah. mm -hmm. um as far as the way that people tear into it i don't know i'm a free speech kind of gal so yeah. go for it yeah i remember seeing one about um a therapist from the elmwood mm. and people were tearing into him and other people were like i worked with this person like i could never see this mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. this person was so kind like wouldn't hurt a fly you know what i mean so it's 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 definitely a tough topic to kind of read and be like mm, like a, you know like yeah. you know this person person what do you but think other people are just i don't know what i think i ravaging i think i i understand why people do because yes. like you guys said they just like to yeah. stir shit up a little bit yeah. or you know i want to be the first to put something out that you mm. oh you haven't seen this like, yeah. oh, take a look at this uh, what i don't like about some of these things is when it gets to now bashing the college right right, 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 right. but i don't mind you bashing the college yeah. you're allowed to bash anyone you want but when you start to uh, we cuz we were talking about this earlier why do you think you know more or you have more knowledge of the law or whatever's going on here than the college and their lawyers. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when they're going off about like, why was this person able to keep their license and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, the college was doing what they were doing with, within the guidelines of what they were able to or permitted to do. Yeah. Because uh, have you guys ever, I'm, a, I'm assuming you have maybe, have you guys ever been to like a discipline hearing? No. No. They're interesting as hell. Yeah, I would love right? to. And so when you start to look even at a discipline hearing, like if you have never been to one, you would, you would think like, oh, there's a, there's a discipline committee and there's a panel from that committee that's appointed to, to do this discipline hearing. Well, they don't just make decisions on their own. They have an in, they have a lawyer that they use. So that lawyer listens to the defense. That the lawyer listens to the prosecution, and then will tell the panel these are the things you need to consider when you're making your decision. And they will interpret what these lawyers are saying. So the panel is like equipped to understand, you know, all the legal jargon that's right, happening right, right. because they have a lawyer there right. that is interpreting for them and answering their questions and so on and so on and so on. So I mean, I think it's really strange that you know. 
some 15-year RMT, you know, with an RMT degree and nothing else, feels like they know the RHPA or the MTA or, you know, healthcare law better than what the college is doing with their team of lawyers essentially and that's the only part of it that i that i'm like let's slow down here let's let's think a little bit voice your opinion but let's let's be reasonable yeah, yeah i definitely um, take anything i read on those forms with a grain of yeah, salt i mean you've got sure. a ton of keyboard warriors people like get off on that shit just going back yeah. and forth with each other they love it i love so. to watch it actually <laughs> yeah all i ever picture is the meme of michael jackson with the popcorn yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> every time i actually don't participate in the discussion i, I just watch things sometimes yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love I love reading like two strangers just fight it out. You know, I'm just sitting there going, "Yeah, what is he going to say? What is she going to say?" But I know this is the shit I do when I should be sleeping. Like yeah, I put right. the kids yeah, to yeah, bed, yeah, and yeah. I really should be going to bed. And I'm like, "What's Facebook doing?" <laughs> shit. I think the reason you brought that up though, as well, I I know you went off on the tangent about the the people knowing more than the CMTO and their lawyers. Yep. But I think you brought that up because when it comes to an accusation of like sexual abuse. If this person hasn't been convicted or even if they, I don't know, I, there's something about like just slandering somebody all over Facebook. Like, as you said, you know, the people who were defending the, the guy from Elmwood saying like, I worked with him, he couldn't do it. Like, if we don't know anything about the situation, I feel like sometimes just going off like that, we're, we could be possibly destroying somebody who's innocent. Yeah. Mm. It, it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I won't talk about it because I've talked about it before and I just don't want to do that again. But, you know, I've seen this happen. Yeah. You know, I know a dude who's, who's went through a whole bunch of stuff yeah. and he was he was innocent. And, you know, and he just got torn up on. He got torn like up on a it, forum. You're saying, or on a forum in in in, in his, the media, in, his, even. in the media, yeah. in his professional environment, and like uh, you can't recover. He does not. He's not a therapist anymore. No, like, you I'm can't done. recover from I'm that. No, and maybe to the other side of that point too, when people sort of go on and and um, bring their own opinions into it, there's also like not in that situation because I do agree with you. People's lives get ruined and they can't recover from that. Um, But sometimes people offer like independent criticisms outside of everything we take to be authority and, you know, everything we sort of blindly go, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. well they know. Um, Well, I mean, sometimes people offer their own criticisms. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, I think independent criticism of something that people otherwise blindly just go, oh yeah, they know what they're talking about. I think that's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously when it comes to somebody's reputation and something like that, like you've got to be, you, you've got to, you've got to be really careful with that stuff. You know? Yeah, you're right. They can't recover from something yeah, like that. It's, it's, is that the guy that you know that he was just no, talking about? This is, the, this is a whole other oh, story. And that else. one I did see coming from, from, from a mile away, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, the, the talk of like, oh, I, I would have never thought it from that person yeah. this one i was like it's not that you see it come from a mile away but now when, i'm not when i'm not shocked yeah. i'm not shocked okay. yeah i had a former student who was under investigation or i don't know but i was really really shocked i'm not oh, saying that i know that one too i'm not yeah. saying he's not guilty mm-hmm. i just ne- i never would have thought so i mean he treated me like even like i never would have thought so yeah. really? never ever 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 was that the leaving on a jet plane yeah he f- he fled the country uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too, but that's a very common question from a lot of a lot of our male students mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. in saying, well, we don't know if someone's going to file a claim on You're us. Absolutely like, right. We have no clue. So what should we do? And it's like, yeah, like what question. if I do what everything do do? right yeah. and then I have some spiteful patient yeah. that maybe had a crush on me and, and, that's and very, I shut it down. That's a very real thing. Well, yeah. that's, that's the scary part. And that's why I think initially you brought that up is because imagine something comes out about one of us in this yeah. room and it's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. And then you're torn apart and you're like, well, fuck. 
Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Guess I gotta. Exactly. Guess you can go get your dream job. The Walmart reader. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say motorcycle mechanic, but sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see that I you're mean, aiming like, high. Some of those forums, you can't even post about a technique without getting torn up. Like people <laughs> that is are true. just waiting for a ping so they can just counter everything you're saying. Right. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I'm really excited to be on this panel and have yeah. discuss. Like, I just want to see where the discussions go. Same. We we literally leave it up to them. We say this is what's coming up. Ask away anything you want, and then we'll say we'll introduce you guys, and it'll be like, okay, students, go. <laughs> are are the are the types of discussions similar every time you have a panel, or is it? Is it? I um, they vary. Some some get very business oriented, like how to run a business, right. and you kind of like. Wah, I think wah, the questions are similar, but they go in different directions definitely and they lead to different tangents based on what the therapist responds or like mm. based on their experience or their answer mm-hmm. but I think we definitely get similar questions like um, you know situations of conflict mm-hmm. or situations of sexual attraction yeah. or business questions a lot of business questions have you guys ever had someone on the panel and you're like you're you're killing it because you're killing every tangent like I know a therapist and he posts stuff on Facebook and as soon as as soon as the thread goes oh, off a little bit from what the original post is his original post he's like i gotta draw this back in and then it kills the conversation i'm like dude you obviously don't understand like just let it flow yeah. just let it breathe be organic yeah do you guys have yeah. ever have you ever had like a, a panel come on and it's like dude just let it breathe let it let it let it flow um sometimes i mean we want to make sure that there are enough questions to be fielded um we have had sometimes we've had like four sometimes even five rmts and everyone every rmt feels the need to have to answer the same question mm. so at the end of the day we got like four questions answered gotcha right so we do try to like like we don't let it go too far off but we try to at least do it in a way where students where there can be a lot more questions asked like, yeah you want to get yeah but you want to get a wrong. lot of information yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. and like yeah. tangents are great too though because tangents can lead to different thoughts yeah. or people can pick up on what you're saying and be like Okay, here's my next question. Right, exactly. Right, so. Can we talk about dual relationships? She brought that up earlier. You know, you're 35. It's hard to meet people that you really jive. Like, I feel there's certain clients. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) But I feel like there's certain clients. I feel the same way. Like, they come in and I'm like, if we met in in another setting, I would probably be friends with you. Like, I genuinely, like, I'll see their name in my schedule and I'm like, cool like somebody i actually like talking to there's one particular uh client i can think of and every time i treat her because mark's office is right next to my treatment room right so like the walls are not that thick Mm -hmm. he can kind of hear if we're having conversation he can't hear what we're saying but he can hear and every every time she's there though he says to me what are you guys giggling about? Yeah. Like you're always giggling. I like, hear you giggling. I'm like she's too. just got, so funny. You understand? Like I work with headphones, or I'm editing or something, editing a video. I always have sound directly in my ears. I'm like, how the fuck am I hearing you guys giggle? <laughs> this, All of this noise. This one client, honestly, like she's so funny, and she'll come in and we'll talk and whatever. And like the entire hour we're talking, and I'll even say to her, like, you ever just want to come in and chill? Like we don't have to talk. Yeah. She's like, no, I like I love coming in and chatting with you. But we'll giggle the entire time, and I always think like I'd probably be friends with you outside yeah. of this we don't have discussion really outside of i barely have time for my own friends let's be honest mm-hmm. but we don't really have discussion outside of the treatment room other than every once in a while she might see like a youtube video or something that relates to something we talked about right. so she'll send me the text she'll be like i thought you might find this funny or like something like yeah, that yeah, right yeah. but what are your thoughts on having any non-treatment related discussion with clients 
outside of the treatment room. And we know what the textbook says. We know what the textbook says. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty open to like that. Uh, I'm open to having a dual relationship with patients. Again, I like just go on the notion that I'm not a robot. I'm a highly emotional person. And, you know, obviously I have to check those with boundaries, those emotions with boundaries. But um, there's a patient that started coming in here and, um, you know, we just start talking really, really cool girl. Um, just easy to get along with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, do you have a Peloton? Oh, I have a Peloton. Oh, we both, oh, let's ride together. Let's, um, you know, meet me at 730. It's just like a exercise thing, right? Yeah. Um, I so, know Peloton. Yeah, we okay. know Peloton. <laughs> You're I mean, giving me that look. I mean, I don't exercise, but I know what Peloton is. <laughs> um, she has so. a good life t-shirt on. <laughs> I never worked a good life. I think I got this. It was like one of those free... I don't know, guess your weight and get a free shirt or something. I have I so many. I have was. so many Good Life uh, pants and T-shirts because my sister used to work for Good Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah I never yeah. did. Anyway. <laughs> um. Anyway, and so you know, she. Um, w- Every time that she would come, I would make sure she was my last patient because we talked honestly. She would come in at five and she'd be out of here at like eight o'clock. Right. Okay. And it would happen every time. And then I'd just be like, do you just want to like come over for dinner and like just hang out? And we're friends now. And um, she, I think it all sort of started, I got married a couple of months ago. And so she was like, oh my God, you're getting married. Um, Can you zoom it for me so I can be there? And I'm like, why don't you just come? Um, You know, it was, I literally had like six friends over here. We didn't tell our parents. It was like a whole thing. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a story well, for another day. On the wedding. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Um, and so I'm I'm like, why don't you just come? And so we're friends now. And um, I'm so, I love her. Like she, I'm so super grateful for her in my life. She's actually a good friend of mine. And those are hard to come by. And yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. As long as, like you said, you're not crossing any boundaries and it's not a sexual relationship. Well, this is just you mean like crossing boundaries. Cause someone might view that as crossing boundaries, right? Some to people someone, might. Yeah. Yes, it some people be. might. And it's like, okay, how do I deal with it if she's late? Or how do I deal with exactly. it if um, she cancels? And my answer to you is, I don't know. And I will mm-hmm. deal with it when I when get it comes, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll deal with it when I get there. And, so. and that's the problem with the dual relationship. So there, there's an expectation that yes. is there, or the, not even there. There's a potential expectation that's there that wouldn't be there if it was just a therapeutic relationship. Yeah, right. So We're friends, I, I get special treatment. Exactly. exactly. My line for this always would be, listen, if you are prepared to deal with whatever the consequences of this might be, yep. then do whatever you want, yeah, right? And then, okay. but but go through every freaking possible consequence that you can think of. Yeah. And if there's any part, any one of these you're not good with, then this is probably a bad idea for you. And I th- I think one of the most important things in this is in the book that I just threw away. By the way, um, <laughs> it, you know, it says <clears throat> one of the big things when you are having a dual relationship with someone is to make sure that you're you both have the maturity level um, required to understand the consequences if something does go wrong or if something doesn't go, you know, the way of the therapeutic relationship. Right. And so that was a judgment call I obviously made before I invited her to my freaking wedding. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I knew that this is a person that I think that I would have a great relationship with and who is mature enough, enough that if, you know, we did have to have a conversation uh, within the therapeutic setting, that would totally be possible. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not the case with every single person you meet that you think is a cool person. Yeah. Right? No, exactly. Can I ask you a question about that particular patient? Does she still hang out as long after treatment now that you guys are friendly? No. Okay. Because <laughs> it's like, I yeah. could eat dinner Already, and walk my yeah. dogs and stuff. Yeah. Why don't you, you come back be on more Friday? Real with right. Her now. Yeah. 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 Cool, cool, cool. I like um, what you said, Mark. Kind of just say, like go through every single scenario. Yeah. Whatever you can and, come up with. Yeah. You know, speak to them about it. Say, you know, if this were to happen, how would you 
go about like paying my cancellation fee. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Going going through all the scenarios with them. What about you, Matt? Do you have any clients who have become friends or that you've spoke? They don't even necessarily have to be friends. Because, for example, I have clients who for you meet so many people, right? Yeah. You meet people in different industries. And so you had mentioned you just got married. When we were getting married, I wanted a very specific headpiece for our beach wedding. And I kept try- finding them online, but it was way above the budget I wanted to pay. I have a client who works in fashion. I happened to bring it up to her. She also taught fashion at Ryerson. And she's like, I can get one of my fourth year students to make this for you and be part of her portfolio. I mean, I paid the student, but I mean, something like that, like that's still now it's a dual relationship because now, you know, we're communicating outside and she's getting one of her students to do a project for me. And, you know, do you have anything like that with any of your clients? Um, Right off the bat, honestly, not really. (laughs) Um, It's usually the the clients that you've seen from like day one. So Mm -hmm. I've, I've been in the practice in practice for five years, you know, and I have like, a handful of clients that I've been seeing quite regularly. And these are the ones who kind of are able to catch you off guard the the most because you're so friendly with them. You know them inside and out. Um, but our relationship is kind of boring like that. I think a lot of it has to do with the setting too. Like if you're in a home practice or you're yeah. in a private clinic, like you're in a private right. practice, it's just you. This is versus I'm here with another a bunch of other massage therapists yeah. or a multidisciplinary rehabilitative environment. I think it gets a lot easier, you know, when you're completely solo and everything is just about you. The practice is yours. Yeah. And I, think, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier for that to happen. But what do I know? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Matt does have a home practice. Interesting. But maybe, maybe then, because I've always said this and I feel like if I had a home practice, I think I would have more of a wall up Mm, than I do not being at home because I don't want the person getting comfortable in my home and finishing their treatment and like wanting three hours. Yeah. Mm. Like I don't want the person coming in. I'm very weird about like my home is my, I mean, Mark will tell you that we are, we own our own business. So when we're at home and he starts talking work and doing work, I'm like, I'm in my bed. No, this is not work. I can't. So I feel it like if I had a home, office, by the way, <laughs> I know. but yeah, like when, Ooh. if I feel like if I had a home practice, I would probably be a little more like you where it would just be therapy yeah. because this is my home. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would depend. Maybe I if I met depends. someone who was so awesome, maybe I would open up the, I generally, I mean, there's the, there's people that are definitely like, I'm, I'm always going to be on the right side of right, no matter what. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And those are the people that never have to worry about a bloody thing. Yeah. You know, anything that's slightly questionable is like no 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 mm-hmm. but I, i'm getting the sense that you know there's people in this room me included we're a little more comfortable with not you know being in that box mm-hmm. and now rigid boundaries yeah, yeah yeah and we just have to you know Honestly, be a little bit more mindful i think when you teach this course though it kind of like by teaching it you kind of want to like live what you're teaching mm-hmm. a little bit more so i know that when i'm interacting with clientele i'm always thinking like okay you got to remember what, you would have, the, what would the book say? What would yeah? <laughs> what would the book say too? As well as you know, you can veer off. Like I'm not like a robot. I'm not like you know what I mean. Why did you look at me when you said? That? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean you're that, a robot. No, no. <laughs> I didn't have that cool party in Scarborough. <laughs> but um, the you know, your TV I, remotes still work. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just find like teaching the course, you're a little bit more like okay, like. That's right. We just talked about this. So I, yeah, I can it's fresh in the kind mind. of on it's alert. Yeah, You're yeah, always yeah. on alert a little bit more. Um, he, It's really tough here. I mean, I have, this is the entrance that you come through. 
Um, just for mm-hmm. people listening, obviously, we're sitting here looking at my front door. Um, and they go down those stairs. And so they see my home. Right. They have to walk right through your living dining area. So they right. see exactly... Do you feel pressure to keep this place beautifully clean? percent. It is oh, yeah. insane. Because it's I'm very, cleaning. very clean in here. I am cleaning all the time. And you like I have two dogs, but you can't tell that there's no hair oh, anywhere. No. It's just because I don't want people coming in here thinking like, ooh, this is dirty. Like if someone walks in and it's messy, right. what is the, that, that first impression, right? right? Um, but that being said, like I've had clients, like I had a f- I treated two children last week and their dad was here and he was waiting with one while I treated the other. And I mean, they were sitting right there and Mm. you know, I was just like, okay, get all the controversial books like out of here and like, you know, (laughs) turn some books around and stuff like that. And it's just because it's like, you know, what do you do with these people? Right. Like I don't, I don't, they're my, they're neighbors. They live down the street. Like I'm not going to tell them to wait outside in the cold. And that's just not how I roll. Um, but, um, yeah. So people are coming into your personal space and, I think when I have a new patient or client, that wall is there. Mm-hmm. But as they become regulars, it just becomes, I love it. I don't know. I love it. I just feel like I'm not working. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense because you you seem very similar to me in the fact that like you know you're still a human. Like I, mm-hmm. as I said, I I will talk to my clients. I don't tell them like per, all the personal details right, of my right. life or whatever, but they know I have children. So when one of them comes in and says, how are the girls? How are your kids? I might you know, talk for a couple of minutes. Oh, you know, this one went back to school and this one's into, you know, whatever. I'll give them updates. That's how the kids are. Mm-hmm. I know there's some therapists that are like, no, absolutely not. They shut down any kind of conversation. Like, you know, they'll turn it back around. Well, this is about mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And okay. yes, they're right. Yeah. It's about the patient, right? But I'm still a human. And yep. if you ask me how my kids, well, I could talk about my kids all freaking day. Yeah. If you ask yeah. me how my kids are, you're lucky you only got three minutes. Well, I mean, yeah. and, and then we can also look at it from a whole other standpoint about trying to build a brand or, or a personal brand and, and mix, mixing that with your business brand because yeah. that's huge, right? For sure. So, I mean, it can be just so many other things other than this is the right way to do this and this is right. not the desirable yeah. way to do this. And then we've come for full circle. This is, there isn't really necessarily in a lot of these areas, there isn't really a right and a wrong. Exactly. There's a lot exactly. of gray. As long you're not, as long as you're not doing anything completely unethical exactly. or against any standards, or you know, wash your hands, wear yeah. a mask, <laughs> don't touch people inappropriately. You know, yeah, exactly, right. Don't commit fraud. Don't have sex with them. <laughs> Those are the basics. Don't undrape their entire ass at once. You remember yeah. that massage? Yeah. <laughs> But we were also <laughs> we were in the Dominican overseas. and we went for <laughs> a massage. They and do things differently. Yeah, yeah. when they exactly. undraped our back, we were in a couple's massage. They undraped our back. They went right, and we had just come out of a hydrotherapy circuit, so we weren't wearing anything. Yeah. I think it went down to my ischial tuberosity. Yeah, that was that was yeah, the, that was the drape. back drape. That was the back drape. <laughs> both of us just like we both put our heads out of the face cradle. We looked at each other. I'm like, okay, your ass is out too. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not being sexually assaulted yeah. right now. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. This is just how they. Do yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> you draping guy like that. I haven't gotten a lot of overseas massages. Yeah, I try to get one everywhere I go. Yeah. Everywhere I go overseas, I try to get one. Have you traveled to a lot of, I know you said you were teaching overseas. How many countries have you been to? I don't know, like eight, 10. I don't know if that's a lot for you guys. But. <laughs> that's a lot for me. Yeah. Mark hates traveling. I'm not a travel guy. Oh, yeah. Eh? He would stay home all the time. If he could, uh, I'm a. If I'm I could, with you. If I can I'm drive somewhere. Same. I'm a road trip yeah, guy. Right? I'm not a jump on a plane kind of guy. I'm no. not a huge travel person. I mean, I've lived like I've moved. I wasn't born here, so I've definitely like have come from afar. <laughs> 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 um, but I'm a I'm a homebody. Like yeah, I yeah. would. I, 
jumping on a plane and going to like Mexico isn't on my mind. I'd rather just like chill out at home and watch some cool documentaries or something. I don't know if I'm with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a liar. He watches documentaries all the time. Yeah, my husband's like a super nerd. And so if I don't do anything even remotely, like if I if I watch a television show where my brain turns off, um, I almost get like berated for it. It's like, what are you watching? What are you doing to your brain? It's oh, turning would, into mush. He would hate us. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. He's very antisocial. Uh, maybe, he, maybe he would like you. Mark doesn't talk to anybody. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about about the course? Is this class always like a, a dual instructor type of thing? Yeah. So I think it always has been. The way it started was, have you guys heard of Wendy Burks? Have Sounds familiar. That name is very familiar. Very familiar, right? Yeah. She was like a, I don't know, big RMT. Very. Um, she created this course, actually, at uh-huh. Sutherland Chan. So when she created this course, she was the one who was pulling all these little like articles from like nursing journals. Right, and right, right. I remember we were teaching, you know, when we were teaching this package i was like check out this study from like 1970 <laughs> and people are like that's a little outdated you know what i mean and we'd be like yeah like, this is the way it is right but like her and like um, michelle michelle francis smith yep. like they used to teach this course together okay, okay and so i kind of shadowed michelle when she was in the role and then you know rod walker, then rod walker used while. to treat with yeah. her and it's just kind of like it's slowly just snowballed into what we've made it now mm-hmm. and um, I don't know where I was going with that thought I like the fact that Matt and I have different personalities and mm-hmm. we also have like different boundaries and all yes. of those yeah. things like yeah. even when the questions you asked us we had different answers yeah. Yeah. and having those like just having those different personalities and those different opinions so when I say something Matt will be like yeah but on the other hand and he will give me you know his opinion and then mm-hmm. we open it up to the class and I think that's what what's most fun about it for me. That definitely makes it more interesting. Uh, Mark and I agree on almost nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but we are very I different. It, right? Um, sometimes actually when I'm talking, he will start saying something like in a way that he's like disagreeing with me. And I'm like, you realize we're saying the exact same thing, right? Yeah. You just changed my words. I'm yeah, like, you you're I'm like, you're just so ready to disagree with me. You don't want someone that agrees with everything you say. No. It's no. just boring. But it's it's it does make it interesting because he will offer a perspective that I had never thought of. And I'm like, oh I'm like, well, you just shut me up, didn't you? Yeah. All right. But I like it. It's, it's good. Yeah. That's how you learn, right? So I like the different perspectives and I like that you guys are doing this and you can sort of feed off each other. Mm-hmm. And I never would have thought about uh, the cultural differences, like just off the top of my head, but that is so interesting. And it's funny because like I said, we just had this conversation today about all of these things that are just so different depending on where a person's back, where a person's from. It's yeah. And you, as an RMT or as anybody in healthcare, you encounter all different kinds of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. When when you guys are, I'm done, my teaching career is finished, I'm out of here, I'm, I'm passing this course on to somebody else. Do you want it to stay the same? Do you want it to evolve? Do you want, you know, what do you, what do you want from this course 10 years from now? I mean, I would definitely want um, people teaching this course that have personalities similar mm-hmm. to ours. And I'm not, again, I'm not tuning our horns, but I don't it's want okay someone. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what the hell? I'm going to tune our horns Toot for a horn. second, Matt. Um, Toot that horn. Yeah. But oh, I don't like the way you said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Boundaries, <laughs> Matt. <relation>. Boundaries. <laughs> but um, um, I just think that. <laughs> what he says right before he asks for the rub down. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just think that teaching it um, out of a textbook and teaching it like it's like textbook material is just boring. And um, I think that whoever were to pick up this course down the road um, should be passionate about this whole 
this whole thing, like yeah. this whole yeah. having relationships yeah. with people. And open-minded to hear the other perspectives. Because yes. as you said, yeah. when you've got a room full of people from 18 to 60 and, you know, mm-hmm. different life experiences, you're going to get a lot of different opinions on oh, how yeah. things should be handled, oh, yeah. what's right, what's wrong. And if you are the one teaching it, you have to be able to moderate it, but also allow for this open discussion, yeah. you know, yep. not this is the way it is. You can't be rigid yeah. in this type no. of environment. Absolutely. And you just Absolutely. can't let your personal opinions um, dictate the way that yeah. the yeah. Discussion goes, um, and I've seen that. I've seen that not necessarily like in our class, but I've seen that in life where people sure. know this is the right way because society says it's this way. And someone comes from somewhere else. I, I was born in the Middle East. We did things differently back there. <laughs> Women didn't pump their own gas back there. You know what I mean? Like things yeah. were different. And yeah, so yeah. you know, you bring that kind of stuff in here, and um, people are so shocked, and people don't want to hear it. But I mean, that's someone's perspective. That was someone's life. That was someone's right? reality, yeah. Exactly. So um, I think having, you know, people at the front of the class that are open to facilitating that kind of a discussion where uh, people are allowed to say their piece without being sort of like shamed out of it yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah, allowing people to ask questions. Like one thing I just thought of when you said I was born in the middle, I don't know why I thought of this, but, you know, how you're always taught when you're in school you know, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, right? right? (laughs) Do you guys address that in the class about how you handle it if someone starts going off about politics or religion or, yeah? Yeah, it's always, we always, I mean, our textbook answer is kind of like, bring it back to the treatment or, you know, you can state your your own personal policy of, you know, we keep that kind of chat outside the treatment room. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, even I keep that rule tattoos, though. I don't. I don't. Dis- I, don't I keep that. I keep that, that rule very strict. Like yeah. in the treatment room, anytime somebody starts talking to me, anything religion, politics, yeah. whatever, I just oh, for me, change you, the subject. You can talk about it all you want. I'm just not going to engage. Yeah, with no, it. I, I don't yeah, engage you, in yeah. any you wanna, of that. You want a soapbox? Same. Go right ahead. I mean, even when someone like somebody will ask me, you know, oh, are you are you Christian? I don't. I don't even really want to answer the question. And I think from now on, I might just say like, "Does matter?" But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I am. Um, I usually just not today. I usually just kind of end it with uh, not today. <laughs> I usually just kind of answer that with like, "Okay, well, I was I was raised Catholic, but I'm not practicing." I'm actually and that's it. more open to discussing those things with patients than I am with colleagues. Interesting. Um, I think it's just about being respectful and realizing, hmm, we might not be agreeing on this right now. So yeah. Maybe yeah. we don't want to go down this route. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I had a, a client go off one time about uh, women's role. What's, he was what's just he he just had a very Barefoot traditional pregnant? mindset yeah. that you know he didn't like where society was going, and that you know I, I recently saw something about this. Did you guys see the whole controversy about Harry Styles on the cover of Vogue in a dress? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. What? people went not people. Sorry, uh, he was wearing a dress. Yeah. Yes. Some some very he did look yeah. damn good. <laughs> some <laughs> very right wing people, and I'm not saying there's any. You know, I'm not trying to be offensive to them, but it was very very right wing people okay. who were um, outwardly saying that you know this isn't right, and men, why are we losing uh, masculine men? This you know, we're getting rid of this idea that men um, that there's sort of a distinction between men and women yeah. because he was in a dress. Like, and he like paints f- his nails and has rings, right? right, right. right. Yeah, who the yeah. fuck cares if he's yeah. in a dress? Yeah, but he's also he's also an artist, and artists are just different people. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've seen that Vogue cover, but who is Harry Styles? Because I don't know who that person. The guy is. from One, One Direction. Direction. Oh, who? you're so cute. <laughs> 
Four Direction? What did you Wonder, Wonder Four Direction? Boy band. British UK, boy band. Uh, boy band. And then and then he he went solo. I know One Direction because when our oldest daughter was really oh, young, daughter. there was a couple of songs that she was really into. So we mm. we know quite a bit of One Direction. And on top of that, big deal of guys in in a in a dress. Yeah. Like honestly, 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 that's not the majority of anything, right? Yeah. If you go in the States, what that's that's you might see that in large metropolitan cities, but the rest of the states is fucking rule yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's, yeah the same yeah. thing with the same thing with canada right you what you've got a couple multi, big multi, multicultural metropolitan cities and everything else is fucking farm yeah and i also think that the person the people that don't like you know what they see it on vogue on the cover cover of vogue are probably not the people buying vogue or the right. people it's yeah. not their demographic it's yeah. not it doesn't appeal to yeah. them so well, this, this all yeah, started exactly. because as i said i had this client who he, so who was sort of like this in his mentality yeah. you know mm-hmm. men go to work and they're the strong masculine ones and women cook and clean and take care yeah. of the kids and so he's going off about this and this was going on for i don't know 10 15 minutes and I've said nothing because I actually don't know what the fuck to this say. This is while yeah. you're treating, you're yes. saying? Like okay. as I'm yeah, treating. Yeah, yeah. So he's prone and he's just going off about men's roles and women's roles. And I'm like, I, I, I said nothing. And Old finally, guy, guy? Uh, late 40s. So young guy. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> but it's probably cultural. Super That's young That's what guy. I'm assuming, right? Uh, white guy that's, that's, how he, oh, okay. <laughs> that's how he grew up he knows what he knows and that's what he knows. he knows what he knows Any, anyway so i i didn't uh i didn't really engage in the whole thing and finally the only reason it stopped is i said you know you are right now in a massage therapy clinic 80 percent of massage therapists are women these walls are paper thin I hope you're wearing your bulletproof vest when you walk out of here. Because mm. he just went off about wow. women in the kitchen. And I was wow. like, Are, is this what, really happening? What what spawned that conversation? Do you remember? Donald Trump. Mm. That's how okay, it, that's I started it. with politics. Yeah. This was this was pre-Trump uh, presidency. And he was saying America needs Donald Trump. And, and he was, you know, all the reasons why America's gone to shit and how Donald Trump could make it great again. Mm. It's all blame Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Harry Styles. Yeah, I just think of them when people have these opinions, they all um, stem from something, right? Everybody's yep. environment. Yeah, everyone's brought up a certain way. I really don't think that the majority of people hate other people. And I don't no. think that, you know, they, they come from this because they don't want someone else to have freedom and they don't want someone else to express themselves. It's just their reality and what they were brought up with. And I try mm-hmm. to be as understanding of that when I have conversations with people that I don't agree with because I don't agree with a lot of people on a lot of things. Right. But I can still be friends with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can still treat them. I can still work with them. If only everybody were as mature as you. If say. only everybody were as mature yeah. as I. Yeah. If only everybody were as mature as you, there'd be a lot less nonsense. Yeah. Because you're right. There's a lot of people I disagree with them, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like yeah. you do you. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna do it this way, and it's fine. That's why Matt and I are running TR. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> and what I also like about that is like kind of like what you said. So I would bring the story up to the class and be like go like what do you guys think you know do yep. you think i dealt with it the right way you know in retrospect like there's a lot yeah. of a yeah. lot of those a lot of like in yeah. hindsight or most of my of career like, is in hindsight yeah, exactly. <laughs> i fucked that up yeah, exactly so learn from our mistakes right. right and um i think students appreciate that i think they appreciate knowing that we're not we Perfect. don't have it all down yeah, yeah for we're sure yeah. still relatively new in the profession and we have a lot of experiences that we talk about that we haven't even dealt with yet yeah right so one of them um what was it today or yesterday um, emotional tre- trauma no yeah um treating trauma survivors mm. right treating p- 
patients who openly disclose that they're coming to you for treatment to deal with their trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't say I've dealt with that in my career yet. I have. Right? And it's, it's exactly. So it'd be great to have like you come on and talk to them about that. That's why we need a panel. That's why we need a panel. Um, And also going back to just your sort of final question about where we would see that Mm. course evolving is, um, you know, I would hope that I would gain some of these real life experiences or people that um, are teaching this course would have some of that stuff to bring. Not that we don't Mm -hmm. bring enough, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's so, it's so much more. um, I don't know where I'm, I don't know where I'm going with that. I just, I, I would really like to experience some of the things that we talk about yeah. is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Does that make sense? I feel like when you graduate Sutherland Chan, like after taking this course with you guys, I feel like your students are going to just like, I want more. I want to hear more story because I feel like this is so helpful. Mm. And as I said, I wish that maybe we had a little more when I was in school, but as you said, it's the instructor. Maybe the instructor I a had was just is. like, yeah. eh, you know, this is not a big deal. Go study your yeah. anatomy. Yeah. And I wish that uh, therapeutic relationships went throughout the school program in any school program. So apparently it used to be like a term one through term four thing. Oh, or okay. at least it used to be in term one and then again at term four as like a you start and then close. And then I think it just what it used to be a term one and term two thing and now it's just term one. Mm-hmm. So it's who knows where it'll change. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully by the end of our time, it's at least at the beginning and at the end because a lot of students that graduate say, I wish we had more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wish we had more. I know. This is good. Yeah. Thanks for having yes. us over. Yeah. Thank you so much for trekking all the way up here to Rexdale. It really wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can be so dramatic sometimes. It was not that bad. <laughs> you guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.